You are now listening to NYY Sports Talk, a New York Yankees podcast. Find this episode on iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, and SoundCloud. For live in-game Yankee updates, news, and fan giveaways, follow on Twitter at NYY Sports Talk. Now, let's talk Yankees baseball with Christian and Chris. Welcome back. This is episode 21 of the NYY Sports Talk podcast presented by the Armchair All-Americans. Chris, how you doing today, pal? Pretty good. So, um, Chris, big name in the world of sports media, said goodbye yesterday. Um, I Me? feel like, huh? Did you just say I'm a big name? No, I said Chris, a big name. Oh. I feel like we should just start the podcast with this, get it out of the way here and then there's plenty of other Yankee related stuff we could talk about but uh Mike Francesa said goodbye yesterday his final show on the fan after 30 years um I guess you could say we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the success of Mike and the Mad Dog I don't think that's really a stretch right I just don't think a sports radio would be what it is now obviously and I don't think it would have been successful enough for people to start creating podcasts out of it. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure in some sense it would have been, but it wouldn't have been anything people jumped to their phone to listen to. Um, so I think that's a fair statement. Uh, yeah. So it, yeah, it's very fair to say that Mike and the Mad Dog revolutionized the industry in terms of, uh, you know, the way people get their, Sports content, usually people would just read the newspaper the next day. And then with the advent of sports talk radio, it was that they had this outlet to listen to news break during the day and hear people's opinions on it while they were driving or running errands or whatever. So um, just to give people a little background, first of all, do you know who who aired the first show? whose voice was the first voice ever heard on WFAN when they became uh, a sports network, 24-7 sports network. Yes, this ties into our Yankee family. Right. I didn't know this about her. The garlic fries. (laughs) (laughs) Susan Waldman was the first show ever. And not many people know this, but the fan was plummeting. They probably weren't going to sustain itself. Uh they brought Imus on, who, Donnie I, who saved the network. Were you a fan of him at all? Never. Really I never was to him because he wasn't sports. So I would. But Francesa said that he was his biggest influence, and he was the guy who showed him the way and showed him the business end of things. Um, so Imus kept WFA in afloat, and Mike and the Mad Dog took them to the next level. Mike Francesa was number one for 30 years. Think about that. Not Peter Rosenberg? Ugh. Uh, anyway. Um, <laughs> but think about that. Imagine doing this podcast alone. How difficult that would be. He did that for what? 10 years? Yeah. I thought that the show would lose something without dog when dog left. But Mike, to his credit, he carried the show for what? Like you said, another 10 years. I know a lot of people are down on Mike because he comes across as like an arrogant jerk a lot of the times. But, you know, like he said in his goodbye yesterday, he was there to challenge his callers. Well, but he always, he said he always respected him. So, I mean, I got to take the guy at his word, but when you look at, the landscape of New York sports in the last 30 years. Mike Francesa and even to some degree Chris Russo were the voice of New York sports. When the Yankees had a big win, whose voice did you want to hear more than anybody else's to get I, to get the take on that big win? Well, I think I think the biggest thing was that they were the most credible to me. 
Even when the Yankees lost their opinion, even the when the Yankees lost a big game and you needed to somebody to talk you back off the ledge, who was who did you want to hear? You wanted to hear Mike, yeah, and yeah, he wasn't the nicest or the fairest to some callers and whatnot. But that is where I was getting at with being a one man show. You need something to give people to come back and want to listen for more. You ever notice how like. You might hate something, but you can't stop. You have like one person or maybe a handful of people on Facebook that you can't stand. Oh, you their, just follow them Facebook. because you hate them. You follow <laughs> them because you hate them. And, and you can easily go to their profile, right? And click one button and unfollow them. But why don't you? Because they're because they entertaining. You love they, they entertain seeing me. what they're going to say next, right? Just to get under your skin. For the people who didn't care for Mike, guess what? They still listened and they still contributed to him being number one because they wanted to come back and they wanted to listen. And that's why he was number one for 30 years. And that's why he did things the way he did. But you saw a little bit more vulnerable side of him over the last couple days. And I thought the show, not the finale, the the show before where he took – the guests over the phone was some of the best radio you will ever listen to. I caught bits and pieces of that. I was in and out a lot on uh, Thursday. I did manage. I wanted to make sure I caught his goodbye yesterday, which, you know, if, like you said, it's not the typical Francesa you were used to hearing. A lot of vulnerability, a lot of thanks to his wife and his kids. He, yeah, God bless him, man. You know, the guy was, like you said, he was able to make a career out of something he loved doing. It's something that all of us wish that we could do. It's something that we're trying to do here with NYY Sports Talk to take our passion into, you know, the next level. And, you know, like he, he wished Maggie Gray, Bart Scott, and Chris Carlin the best of luck in filling his shoes, but no one's going to fill his shoes. No, never. So, you know, on behalf of NYY Sports Talk, we want to thank Mike Francesa for his 30 years at the fan. I mean, I, I'm going to, it's just, it's just going to be a void in my, my radio listening habits, you know. It's not going to fully hit me until the Yankees start up. Yeah, you know what he said too, because this is usually, he disappears for a couple weeks now anyway. Right. He goes on his Christmas vacation. And like he said, it's usually when he comes back after the national championship game in college. Is when it'll hit him, and that's when it's probably going to hit us that, you know, Mike's gone now. But, you know, I said I'll be back. You know, we'll see where he resurfaces, but, you know, legendary career. Personally, I think he's going to have a podcast, but we'll see. Speaking of, if anybody listening to this has a connection to Mike Francesa and can get us Mike Francesa, I will give you a big high five. That's it. (laughs) I would love to get Francesa. Just for five minutes. I just yeah, just to pick right. his brain for five minutes. Wait a second. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Definitely gonna miss him. All right. So on to the team that Mike loves along with us, the New York Yankees. Let's segue into that. Uh we're recording on Saturday today. Normally we record on Sundays. Uh Chris has a function tomorrow. He has um some gathering of people that he knows. It's called a birthday party. Oh, how was your birthday, by the way, pal? It was pretty good. It was quick. Yeah? Yeah. You enjoy yourself? I did. Your wife treats you well? She did. Kids treat you well? Hmm. My son really pissed me off. He's nine months old. He pissed me off. I got like <laughs> two hours of sleep. He cried nonstop on my birthday that night. Even I wasn't a complete jerk to you either on your birthday. So, I mean, you (laughs) had to have a a pretty good birthday. I always have a good birthday. I always love my birthday. Um, Where was I going with this? Segwaying into the Yankees. Oh, yes, that's right, because you said you had a birthday party. That's why we're recording on Saturday. Earlier today, the Yankees, or it wasn't announced by the Yankees, but news broke that uh, the big guy, he's coming back one year, $10 million, uh, Pending physical, there are incentives in the deal based on innings pitched. CeCe Sabathia is going to uh, is going to try to bring home another ring for the New York Yankees this year. So it's kind of interesting because you'd have to imagine, and we're going to get to the Garrett Cole talk, or you know any pitcher that the Yankees are going to get. I'm fairly confident they're going to still get another pitcher. Does this mean that moving forward? Jordan Montgomery really isn't going to be considered anymore? I would think so because 
If you're I just don't see them going to a six man. If you're going to trade for an established starter, who is expend not expendable as in you can get rid of, but like who's the guy that you can shift somewhere else? Montgomery, he can easily go to AAA and work. Not that I really think he even really needs to work on anything. He was really good last year. It would only almost be a shame to do that to him. That's why I can you can you package him? In something? I don't know if he has a lot of value, though, because of his stuff. You understand what I'm saying? But he does to us, right? You just said yourself. You don't want to see him go back down to AAA because technically he's too good to be wasted down in AAA. Yeah, but really he profiles as like a four starter. Yeah, but he's a lefty, so. So a four starter. That's a lefty. (sighs) Yeah. He doesn't have blow away stuff. He's, He's a guy that he's, he was a guy that impressed us because he knew how to pitch. And he knew how to use his he, he stuff. He a solid head on his shoulders, He too. knew how to use his stuff to his advantage. He knew how to use his stuff to maximize his stuff. So we have a four-man rotation right now. Um, no, technically, the Yankee, if the Yankees don't sign anybody else, they have a rotation that, to go into the season. But what I'm but. saying is the fact that we're questioning is Jordan Montgomery a lock means that there's only four guys who are truly a lock. Right? Plus, you need depth. Who are the Yan- I mean, do the Yankees think Chance Adams can step in and be a big-time pitcher in a pennant race? I I Listen, man, we saw him live in Scranton. I, I'll be honest. I wasn't that impressed with him. No, and I'll tell you why. He didn't pitch well in that game. Uh, he didn't pitch terribly, but... He didn't pitch at, well. At that but- time, the Yankees were waiting for him to develop his changeup a little more, which he did... And when it's on, he's pretty dominant. But the reason why they were waiting for balls only 93-94. And yeah, we say only because most of these guys now are throwing in the upper 90s. I, so, think, I just think he's got major league average stuff. I don't think the Yankees are, are that high on him as the fans are because the fans think that Chance Adams is a sexy name. So they're, they're holding on to this glimmer of hope that he could be uh, Roger Clemens or something. But I didn't, I, we, like you said, we saw him live. I didn't see it. Maybe he just had an off day, but I didn't see it personally. Uh, I don't think Hicksy saw it from center field either. <laughs> Hicks was mad at us that day. That was like the infancy of NYY Sports Talk, too. Did we, yeah. did we even do a podcast yet? Yeah, I think so. Because on the way there, we listened to my first interview with Munch. But I'll tell you what, if Ben Heller knew who we were, he would have never agreed <laughs> to doing this podcast because we annoyed the hell out of him that day. Was he was there? He was down there, right? Was he, he was in the bullpen. Where Nick Rumbelow. Yeah. Now he's been traded, right? Yeah, he's gone. Okay. Um, and then the other guy that down there is Justice Sheffield. I mean, is he close? I know he's the he's the guy the Yankees are banking on to be a, an ace along there up there with Sevy. But is he ready to make it the impact in 2018? I just don't think they're going to rush this kid because they don't need to. So they're never going to sit here and evaluate if he's ready because they truly don't need to yet. Um, on the surface, he's probably a couple years removed from the major leagues. Maybe one more full season before they seriously start to consider him. But in an emergency... Yeah, I think Justice Sheffield coming up here would adapt, and he's got that good of stuff that he would be ready. But there's no need to rush him. So right now, now the Yankees don't have a lot of organizational depth. It doesn't appear, especially after Luis Sessa. I keep forgetting about him. (laughs) (laughs) Did he have Tommy John? Did he? I don't know. He did get injured. It was his shoulder, though. I don't think it was Tommy John. Um. Yeah, but Sessa's a guy that's fine if you need to spot start once or twice. Yes. But I'm saying, but wouldn't you rather have like? I'd rather have Chance Adams come up than than yes, Sessa. Yes, because we don't point. know. We know what Sessa is as a major league pitcher. Right. We don't I'd rather know at least see what... what Chance Adams has. I don't want to see Luis Sessa spot start next year. His when Sessa came, Sessa went down and came back. He had better stuff. It seemed like he had more life on his fastball. You know what it was? Did he come? Did he start coming out of the bullpen? I think maybe he did. He was con- what happened was, or he was he was splitting games with Caleb Smith. They didn't send him back down. He was more of a eat up some innings type of guy. And when he would come in to do that, he was actually pretty good. Um, 
but I just I don't want to see Luis Sessa spot start next year. I just don't. I, I think I something mean, has it, really gone wrong if that's the case. No, I don't know. If if they need a star, like if there's a doubleheader and they need a start but, in game but two. You know Chance Adams is on the surface, so he should be your guy. Alright, not disagreeing with that. But then, like I said, don't you want to go out there and get a reliable guy and then have Montgomery waiting in the wings? Wouldn't you rather have Montgomery be your next option than Sessa? So then wouldn't it make sense for the Yankees, on that yeah. regard, wouldn't it make sense for the Yankees to go and get another guy? Yeah, I'm okay with that. So, but if they don't, are you comfortable with this starting rotation going forward with, uh, I said it last week, but Tanaka, Severino, Gray, Montgomery, and CeCe being your five guys. Are you 100%, comfortable with that? 100%. What do you think the big guys got left in the tank? Um, You know, it's someone fair to evaluate him in that kind of way. But you got to understand, Chris, he can't be a guy that has a 5-6 year rate this year. He can't do that. I don't care how much we love him and how much he's respected in the clubhouse. He can't be a guy that has a five, six year rate. But what just, I'm saying is it, it, it's unfair to evaluate him as a guy like, what does he have left in the tank? Just because look at what he did last year. I mean, you don't evaluate him like that. You evaluate him with confidence. He went what, 14 and five last year with a sub four ERA? No, he was phenomenal last year. I don't think so anybody you know what? would, would I'm say that he wasn't. Me- I'm going to tell you that he reinvented himself. But can he do that again this year? Yeah, Is he going to be not? a guy that pitches why not? to a 4-5? Uh, hey, I think CeCe's got a few years left. And that being said, I think if the Yankees win the World Series this year, he will retire. And I think this this one-year deal spoke volumes today. Because you and I both know the Angels offered him more money. And I think they might have had a two-year deal on the table. I think he might have had. And he called up Cashman, or Cashman called up CeCe, and he said, I don't care what the Angels offered me. I'm taking whatever you're going to give me. And do you know know who his next strongest suitor was? Mariners? The Toronto Blue Jays. Toronto Blue Jays, right. They wanted him big time. I know. Um, And I think that speaks volumes because I think CeCe knows what kind of potential this team has this year. And but he can never pitch at home because Girardi never wanted him to pitch in Toronto because <laughs> he didn't want him on the turf. So right. <laughs> he, how could he have pitched any home games? Yeah. And I think that CeCe's looking to finish this book of his career. Well, did you see the statement from his agent? No. And I'm paraphrasing here because I don't want to scroll through 9,000 tweets to find it. But um, his agent said... You know, and I'm paraphrasing here that there were more, not saying the Yankees weren't aggressive, but there were more aggressive suitors and bigger offers on the table. But CC felt like he had to finish something here. Right. And that's why he wanted to come back even and on I, a one year deal. And we don't need to go too much further into this, but I want to say one thing. And I, and it's weird for me because we've grown up really in a time where. Our favorite Yankees have been guys who came up through the system and were here for 20-plus years, won a handful of championships with this team. And CeCe's a guy who came from... We got him from Milwaukee, right? No, he was a free agent. Well, the Indians traded I mean, him to com- Milwaukee. He was coming off and then in, of, of a season from Milwaukee. Where he put that team he on came his up, back. He came up. And it, that's what all you got to know about CeCe Sabathia is you look at that 2008 season when he's on his walk year, knowing he's going to get a monster deal, and he got traded to a team in a pennant race that he – and he just literally said, just give me the ball. I'll get you to the playoffs. He didn't have to do that. He didn't have to take the ball on three days rest. That's just the ultimate competitor that CeCe Sabathia is. Well, that's kind of what I'm getting at. This is a guy who came up in Cleveland, went to Milwaukee, and came to the Yankees already established. And I can, Cy Young Award winner I, I can Cleveland. sit here and say that he's going to go down as one of my favorite Yankees of all time. And Get me a second ring, though. Get me that second okay, ring. Okay, well, let me finish. He's going to go down as one of my favorite Yankees of all time. And unfortunately, I don't think he's going to make the Hall of Fame. I don't know about that. He's he, going to be on the brink. He's got 230-plus wins right he's now. He's going to be on the brink. 
Okay. But you know what? If he can get you to 250, know, he's going to make the Hall of Fame. You want to know why he's going to go down as one of my favorites? Because if you sat CC down and you asked him what was more important to him, he'd laugh in your face and he would take this championship over anything. He doesn't care about the Hall of Fame right now. He cares about winning another championship and ending his career on this note because he, he does feel like there's something left here in New York and he wants to finish what he started here. And I think what he's saying is he needs one more championship here. I think it would be nice for him to bookend his Yankee years like that. 2009, he came here, they won. 2018, he goes out, they win. I right. think that would be nice for him because right. he's been – He's been a. He's, we say this about a lot of guys, but it's true. He's been a consummate professional. He's been a great teammate. I mean, he had the the uh, what do you call it the the alcohol issue in 2015, but he was always upfront and honest about it. So you know, I'm glad that he's back. I think the Yankees, aside from him being a great guy and a great teammate on field, the Yankees needed him too. I agree. All right, speaking about guys coming back and not coming, well, actually not coming back, Chase Headley got traded this week. He was one of our keep them, dump them guys, um, and we said dump them, and they did. Ells, uh, Ellsbury, we'll get to him next. Uh, <laughs> Headley and Brian Mitchell, who uh, was your supposed to be your breakout player in 2017, <laughs> got, so tra- that. got traded for uh, the incomparable Jabari Blash. <laughs> Weren't they trying to, like, dish him the other day again? Who? The Yankees. Blash? Yeah. To who? I don't know. I, I thought I read something that the Yankees could turn him. Into what? I don't know. A I'm ten, asking a you. A $10 pretzel? Maybe I dreamt it. <laughs> Look, you and I watch a lot of baseball. I mean, obviously our focus <laughs> is on the Yankees, but we watch a lot of baseball. We know decent amount. Of, I had never even heard of Jabari Blash. I'll be Listen, honest with you. And, and I'll be honest here. You're more of a guy who looks at the big picture, knows more about the entire league. I speak to you not without knowledge. I have a lot of knowledge of the game, and I have a lot of knowledge of the Yankees, but I'm more of the fan's voice, and you're more of the voice of reason, I'd say. So, no, I've never heard of Blash, nor do I really care to hear of Blash. I just care that Chase Headley... And his contract are gone. Not that he was a burden last year because he really wasn't. Maybe in the postseason. You know, we've said it a million times. You take away his May and Headley had a great 300 yeah, plus think, year. I don't even think once we got moving into the ALCS that he played that badly. After game, once they got back home, he he hit pretty no, well. Yeah, so it's not that. I just really wanted him gone. The Padres are trying to flip him too. Maybe that's what I read. Maybe that's what I read. I think read. the Angels are uh, trying to acquire him. Maybe that's what I read. I um, so now that there's a hole at third base, the Yankees technically have two open positions on the infield. There's second base and third base. So I, mean, I think we're both anticipating Gliber Torres is going to man one of those positions. And from what I read this week, the Yankees feel that Torres is better suited to, to play second base. Okay. So that leaves a hole at third base. If you want to call it a hole. So do the Yankees think Miguel Andujar is ready? Do the Yankees want two rookies starting in the infield? When you have... Technically three because really Greg Bird still has not put in a full season in the major league. So when you have... Your only veteran in the infield would be Didi Gregorius. When you have the expectations that you have for guys like Torres and Andujar, I don't think... The fact that their rookies become a concern. I think you've seen enough of these guys that you know what they're capable of. And you have not, not seen enough of Miguel Andujar because the Yankees haven't even seen enough of Miguel, of Miguel Andujar. They're still worried about his defense. Well, I know that was a concern with him. So maybe maybe in that sense, him specifically, they're concerned. So do you with, want to raise? Be... You want to raise as your starting no, third baseman? No. All right, so let's go. Let's go. I have a whole list of names right here. Todd Frazier. It was reported after the Headley trade that Cashman reached out to his agent. Obviously, since then, nothing's really transpired. I heard it didn't go well. I heard it didn't uh, make sense for the Yankees to get him. Because what are the Yankees going to want to do? Sign him to maybe a max two-year deal. 
And do you think that Fra- as much as Frazier loved it here, do you think it makes sense for him at this stage of his career to take a two-year deal? No. All right. Not at all. So now the pie in the sky. Who would that be? Yeah, Machado? Manny Machado. No. I Do you first of all I said this on Twitter, it was my tweet and a lot of people came at me for it and you guys I love you all but you're being kind of ridiculous. The Yankees don't need Manny Machado. They do not need to trade for him for two reasons. One, why? What how good do you want to be this year that you no. need to No, that, you stop right now. You always want to be <laughs> You always want to be the best you can be. But, Chris, do you understand what they would have to give up to get yes, Manny Machado? That's, that's my issue because I had one of my good friends as a Met fan. He texted me, you excited about this Machado talk? And I said, listen, if I wake up and Manny Machado is a Yankee, I don't care who they gave up for him. I'm going to put it behind me and I'm going to be excited Manny Machado has been inserted into this lineup. Because guess what? The Yankees aren't my business, Right. I, I don't care how much money they're paying him. I don't care about any of that. We have Manny Machado in this lineup. However, you know Manny Machado is going to be on the table next year. And you're not going to have to put guys like Sheffield or Torres. That's or what I'm saying. Anyone on the table to get him. All right. This year, you're going to give up those guys and also pay him an extension. That's what my point was. Right. Everybody loved the Yankees last year. That uh, the young, the gritty, the the young baby bombers, and now we got one superstar, and everybody wants a <laughs> super team again. Why do we need it though? You don't think that this team is good enough to win without Manny Machado? Right. And that that's the big issue here. If they didn't get Stanton, I'd probably be talking a little differently. I'd probably have some different thoughts on the matter. I'd say, you know what? Let's not risk him going somewhere else. If he's on the table, let's get him now. But the fact is, we don't need him. Sure. Will he help? Of course, it's Manny Machado. He's, in my opinion, the best third baseman in the game by far. Uh, defensively and offensively. Um, but do we need him? No. Do we need him to win a championship? No. So when you can answer that question, no, you don't give up your entire farm system, which you worked for over the last that's what I'm saying, though. year and a half, you gotta, and also pay him through the roof. You just yeah. don't do it. He's not on the San Diego Padres, where the Padres have no, they'll say, well, hey, you know what, we'll trade with the Yankees. He's in their division, and the, the owner, apparently, of the Orioles hates the Yankees. He's going to give them Manny Machado. First of all, do you know, even if he opened up his ears to listen to a deal, you know where it's going to start? Glaber Torres, Justice Sheffield, Clint Frazier, keep going. You're going to trade those three guys and more to get. When you don't have to. When you don't have to. What? Because you're anxious to get him here? The guy wants to be here. Don't worry. He'll be here. But here's what I said the other day. All right. Can I just say this? Now you brought that up. I read a tweet today. I don't know how true it is. According to a source that Michael K has, now Michael K's source <laughs> also said that Aaron Judge was winning the MVP, right? Did right. you not hear that? Yes, okay. I did. That Machado, if traded, said he would not sign an extension and would take a discount to come to the Yankees. We'll see. If that is true, if that if there is even a glimmer of truth to that, again, no, seriously, absolutely no reason to give up anybody to get him here. All right. I'm going to ask you a couple questions. I'm going to do this quick. But here is in a nutshell why the Yankees don't need him right now. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you a couple different scenarios. Yankees don't get him right now. And the Orioles say, let's get it something for him before the season starts. Is that team going to sign an extension for him? But that, that was my. Is that team going to sign an extension? That was for my him? original point. You're going to give up all this talent, and then you have to give him an extension because you can't risk him losing. Is leaving. any other team going to give him an extension if they get him right now? I don't know. Is where there is any go- team out there that can where afford three hundred forty million? Where is he going? Is there any other team that have enough prospects for for the Orioles to say, yeah, that's worth it? I'm sure there are teams out there that can entice Baltimore with their prospect packages. But here's my thing, right? Regardless, even if he goes somewhere before the season, he's going to be back on the market next year. 
And why, and, and why, unless the Orioles get the perfect price, why wouldn't they take a shot with him and see where things go, at least until the deadline? They have no pitching. And then what? And then what? At the deadline, they're, if, if they're dead in the water, they trade him as a rental to someone by the deadline. And, and then what? And then guess what? They'll get significantly less for him. And then guess what though? He's still a free agent again. The I Yankees don't, even think don't he, need him. You know, I'm pretty sure right that now. he'll be attached to a, a, compensa- a, a compensation pick anyway. So the Orioles might value that more than trading for anybody. Maybe. All right. So, you know, hot stove winter meetings just ended. There's also trade talk. Now, like we said earlier, the Yankees are looking to bring in another starter. Garrett Cole's been mentioned. Apparently, uh, John Heyman reported earlier today that the uh, Pirates want Glyber Torres in a deal. It just can't happen, man. Nope. Not that's- I just tweeted this before. Listen, Clint Frazier, unfortunately, and this guy could end up being one of the best baseball players ever. We don't know. His scouting report says he could be. But guess what? He's become expendable to this team, unfortunately. Right? Because we like Frazier. We think he he has what it takes, but he's become expendable. So you know what? If getting a legitimate starter right now means giving him up, fine. I'm I've become okay with that, even if it's Garrett Cole who I'm not high on. But to even think that this team would also give up a guy like Torres blows my mind, and I hope that's not the case. No, because I don't think the Yankees would trade Glyber Torres unless you're talking like Clayton Kershaw. I mean, we're not talking about a guy who came off a Cy Young caliber year. We're talking about a guy who had a 4-plus ERA last year. What if something's going on with this guy? And I mentioned this to you earlier today that what scares me about him is that he had 36 combined home runs allowed in his previous four seasons in the major leagues, and he gave up 31 last year. Right. So, when you're gambling like that, because he does become a gamble now, because he's not coming off a great year, you don't gamble with pieces that you've built to sustain your success over the next 10 years. If you're talking about a guy like Stanton or Machado, and again, if it made sense for the Yankees to give away all this talent right now for Machado, give them away, because Machado locks it. He locks it up, but they don't need him right now, so it doesn't make sense. But in a in a case of Cole, where they're looking to sign another pitcher, I just don't see why they'd give up more than Frazier to get him. I well, don't think he's I, I worth it. I think they'll it. have to throw in something else. Michael Fulmer was quickly talked about. I I don't know if that fizzled away, but that's a that's a guy who's only been in the year league a couple years, and you know what? He's shown me that he's wor- he might be worth it, and I'd take that. The price is going to be much higher on him because he's got even he's controllable even longer than uh, <clears throat> excuse me Cole is. The Yankees view Cole in the same light they viewed um, as an investment. Sonny Gray, right? Because they they felt they had similar career paths through their first X seasons. I think they both pitched five seasons in the major leagues, and but we're it, talking about it. Uh, one of the best prospects in baseball. When you say the the name Torres, I mean, I understand that, but you got to understand what the Yankees gave up for Sonny Gray. They're going to have to give up something to get Garrett Cole. The Pirates aren't just going to. Clint give- Frazier should be enough. This kid is going to be a superstar. I'm confident in that. If the Yankees traded Chance Adams in Clint Frazier for I'm Garrett fine Cole, with it. fine, or take they traded Frazier and Andujar, take uh, yeah, fine, take them. But I think that should be enough to get Garrett Cole. Because I think Clint Frazier can step onto that team right now and be a very productive player for them. And listen, if it's true, if it's truly to that point where they're that serious about this, Cashman will get it done with Frazier and maybe Chance Adams or someone. Um, And I think Garrett Cole does give them a better chance to win a World Series. I think it just adds another credible name to our rotation, but... Again, you just don't know what you're going to get. You just don't know. Especially a guy who's having issues with home runs coming in to Yankee Stadium. You know what I have issues with? 
You know what I have issues with? Your life. Aside from getting too personal here and turning this into a therapy session, <laughs> uh, I have issues with Jacoby Ellsbury. Why? With the no... Can you please just go jump in? It, we're a week from Christmas. Please just jump on Santa's sleigh and just get dropped off somewhere. <laughs> Anywhere, please. Uh, apparently, do you the Yankees... blame him though? I mean, do you blame him? No, I don't blame him, but just go. Please, just get out of here. From a fan's perspective, it's easy to sit here and say you want to strangle him. But, I mean... It's like this girl you're dating, and you really you really don't hate her. There's there's some redeeming qualities about her. She's gotten a bad reputation from her some, from some other guys that she previously dated. And you're just on the fence. You're like, I could see leaving her, you know, hanging out with her for a little while. But no, you know what? There's there's just a better place for you, and it's not here. He's, I mean, I would want nothing more than Jacoby Ellsbury to be gone. All right. So there was the, another report. Everything's reported, reported, that the Yankees like a couple of guys on Arizona. They're, they have a third baseman or – uh, Drury, I believe his name is, and they like one of their pitchers, Patrick Corbin, and they believe that Ellsbury, if he would want to waive his no trade, would be more inclined to do it in Arizona. Because Arizona, his ha- family's there, right? He has a house there. Um, they were a playoff team last year, so they have a chance to win. I wouldn't say they're a favorites by any stretch of the imagination, but they have a chance. They're returning a a good young team. Um, uh, Tory Lavelle is their manager and their GM is also rooted in Boston. They were both there when Jacoby Ellsbury was in Boston. So he's got a relationship with those guys and they have a need in the outfield. So if Ellsbury thinks he's good enough to win a starting center field job with the Yankees, he's, I mean, come on now, no disrespect to the Diamondbacks, but you gotta, he's gotta feel pretty good about winning a starting job in Arizona. Yeah. Uh, listen, it's a, it's a better choice than the Padres or someone like that. So it, it Arizona feels like they could have a use for him, but they don't want to pay a salary. And the Yankees are willing to pay half of the money that he's owed, and which I think is that's still fair. roughly about $32 million over the next three years. I just want to vomit when you say And that. I told you, though, that I think that a team would sign him for three for 33. I think that's very fair for Jacoby Ellsbury's skill set. I think so too, because we've said it a million times. Just because he's overpaid for his true talent, he's still a good guy to have on your team. And not in the Yankees' case when they have 500 superstar outfielders. That's what I'm saying, though. If Ellsbury was the next option he's off just the dead bench. dead weight here. He's dead weight. If Ellsbury was your fourth outfielder, I wouldn't even, you know what I would say? Let's just live with it for a couple of years and deal with it. But you got Hicks, you got Stanton, you got Judge, you got Gardner. And then you want to bring a... I'm hearing Florio could be here in 2019. I heard was hearing that the other day. And and the Yankees aren't higher on anyone than Florio. And then if you don't trade Cliff Frazier, you got him too. You mean to tell me I was going to play over any of those guys? No. (laughs) So, not only is he dead weight, but... The weight on his shoulders is his insane contract that has just been here for too long, lingering. We got to get rid of him, and we got to try and get rid of at least half of that salary. And I, I just, think- I just don't. As much as Arizona would make sense, I just don't see it happening. He's got to come to grips with himself. Maybe after the holidays, he can. Maybe his, somebody can talk to him and say, "Listen, man, like you're just not going to play here." Well, it becomes like. You look at it from like a pride standpoint. Why does he even want to be here at this point? The Yankees are doing everything they can to try and get rid of you. Why did he do you win? Want to stay? Was he with Was he with the 07 Red Sox? Did he win two championships with them? Yeah. Maybe he wants to validate himself winning a title in New York and Boston. I mean, how many guys have done that? Not many. I mean, think about it. In the modern era of baseball, nobody. Because the Red Sox haven't. Red Sox won in 2004, 2007, and then again, what, 2013? In any era. Oh, Johnny Damon did. Johnny Damon did. Johnny Damon was on the idiot Red Sox, and then he was on the 09 Yankees. Right. But outside of that, who's done that? Babe Ruth? 
Yeah. You I mean, do you want to put does he does that something that he wants in his life? I don't know, man. He just doesn't want to leave New York. Oh, maybe he found a good pizza spot. <laughs> New York pizza is better than anywhere else you can get pizza. So maybe he's maybe he's a pizza guy. He's a pizza guy. All right. Last thing we want to talk about before we bring back the bums. Finally. I didn't even mention that in the open because we just had so many different topics we wanted to talk about before we got into them. Um, John and Susan are back. I didn't even know their contracts were up, but apparently WFAN got sold to CBS Sports. Uh, However. Uh, CBS uh, Radio or whatever the parent been, company They've been were. running them on one-year deals. I actually didn't think they were going to be back last year. And then they signed. And it was announced today that they're back on a um, one-year deal. There was a rumor going around that uh, the new parent company wanted to insert a third person into the booth with oh, them. Please don't. Um, but Why that's, ruin that that's for us? not going to happen until 2019 at the earliest. So for at least 2018, John. Listen, can I say something? Oh my God, <laughs> Roger Clement! I love Susan. I really do. I know we give her so much crap, but I really do love Susan. I'll, I, I'm going to say something real, real briefly. I know John Sterling has lost a lot of his credibility. I guess so you could. Uh, what did Francesca say yesterday while he had still had life on his fastball? Wait a second. Wait a second. <laughs> John's lost the life on his fastball. He has. I mean, we're talking about a guy. He's who, become a caricature. You're driving, right? And it's like a crucial point in the game. Gary Sanchez is up, base is loaded, and he starts going. It is high. It, it is, is far. It is gone. And you're, you're and you're freaking you punch out, into punching the steering wheel. Steering you slap your wife. And I, you oh, I'm sorry. Uh, it was a pop actually, up to second base. He actually swung and missed. <laughs> he swung and missed. I don't know how I missed that there, Susan. Well, John, <laughs> just so, Susan. We're just so high up here. I just can't see the ball. And then you want to just take your steering wheel and drive it into a, After you into just a telephone nearly, pole. It's game six of the ALCS. <laughs> you think the Yankees just hit You're driving home from work. You think the Yankees just hit a grand slam to, to take the lead. <laughs> but listen, <laughs> there, it, you know like that friend that is just like an idiot, but he's your idiot? I'm talking to him right now. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever like a Met – like I could sit here and I could be like, oh my god. John Sterling has just lost everything. But when, like, one of my Met fan no, friends you no, that's texts our, me. Like you said, that's our idiot. Right. And then they're like, oh, John Sterling. I'm like, listen, don't talk about John Sterling like that, okay? He's our guy. I love him. And just quickly on, on Waldman, and I brought this up that she was the first voice on the fan. And I never knew that. When I found that out, I just I gained a different level of respect for her. And I'm going to go into something Jessica Mendoza was added to the ESPN broadcast booth, right? Yes. And you're not accustomed to women announcing baseball. I think Oakland was one of the first teams to do it. Yeah. I have no problem with it. No, of course. That's what I'm getting at. I have absolutely no problem. And I think, can I just say this? I think us as Yankee fans are more open to it because we've been listening to Susan for so long. But don't just... And I think it's a discredit to women in the field to just throw a woman in there to say that you have a woman announcer. And I feel like that's what they did with Jessica Mendoza. She doesn't know half of what Susan Waldman does about this game. And when you listen to Waldman, she knows what she's talking about. She's grown up on baseball, though. I mean, yeah. But you know what? If you're going to hire... A woman in the booth, if you're going to hire a man in the booth, you hire someone who knows the sport inside and out. I'll give, I'm going to defend Jessica Mendoza a little bit right here, and I can see why ESPN hired her. She's very well spoken. She is. And she comes highly decorated as an Olympic, uh, as a soft, as an Olympic champion in softball. Right. So she has recognition in the sports field, but that doesn't translate into being able to call what quote the game of the week, the major league baseball right. game of the week. And it's not. Be- I'm not saying this because she's a woman at all. I encourage more women being in the booth, but don't just hire someone because she's a woman. Just like you wouldn't hire a guy coming in who didn't who didn't wow you with his knowledge of the game. 
that's a discredit to women. Susan Waldman has shown me a different level of knowledge. And she is one of the best out there on the radio. I can say that confidently, man or woman. Just hope that Roger Clemens doesn't show up in George Steinbrenner's box this year. Come on, we have so many iconic moments with this lady. That's what I'm saying, though. Like we give her so much crap and we make fun of her, but I honestly, I love Susan. I wouldn't want to. She's absolutely incredible. So I'm excited they're both back. Oh, one. uh, This is the last thing I actually. There was one other thing I wanted to bring up. I have it on my notes here. I can't believe I missed it. Um. Before we do the bums, Mike Francesa brought this up, and I wanted to get your take on it. You may have heard him say it. It's interesting, and it's probably one of the only drawbacks that I could also is this think the Stanton about John Carlos Stanton. I'll just before I get into that, you want to take quick bets on what John Carlos Stanton's home run call is going to be? I haven't thought about it. I and I, some it's not even original on my part, but somebody tweeted it, and John Carlo goes gone, Carlo. No, that's so bad. I hate it. Yeah, but some of his newer ones have just been so forced. Yeah, but... Gone Carlo! No, he won't do it. All right, anyway. Speaking of... Now, let's go back to Stan here. And it's only one of the only drawbacks that I could think of. And I don't even know if it would be among some guys. Stan's coming in here with a big contract. And he's not... And you got to think about it like this. 2017 was Gary Sanchez and Aaron Judge's Yankees. And they're making $500,000 a year. Now here comes John Carl Stanton making, what was he making? $30 million a year? <laughs> yeah. Do you think there's any resentment that the, those guys will have towards John Carl Stanton? No way. No way. He's built a name for himself already. Um, Sanchez built a name for himself two seasons ago when he came up. He was hurt a little last year, had another great season. I could not see them being resentful when it comes to the money. They're gonna, they know they're going to get their chance. They know they're going to get their big contract. In no way, shape, or form do I see that ever being an issue. Not even for a second. Because when you sit in that locker room as a team and you're and you're – You all have the same goal at the end of the day. Money is not a factor in that clubhouse. Maybe, but not not everybody thinks that way. You don't know. There could be – you don't know. But guess what? If you do think that way, then get the hell off the team because we don't want you. Because John Carl Stan's making $30 million a year and he's going to be held to the same type of expectations that Aaron Judge and Greg Bird and Gary Sanchez are held to and – you know, how, who's the one guy to say, I make this. This guy makes this. Why should I be held to those same type of standards? Never. It just won't happen. I'm telling you, it won't happen. I don't think it'll happen with Aaron Judge. I can't say for certain it won't happen with other guys. I think, And I, we said this time and time again. I think Aaron Judge is just on a different level mentally than everybody else that we've seen come across oh, the listen, team. Listen, man, everyone's maybe, compared him to Jeter since he came up. You yeah, think, I was just going to say. You think for we're maybe, comparing him to Jeter because... He's a great shortstop who's been here for 20-plus years and has 3,000 hits and and four World Series titles or five. What do you have? Five, right? 96, 98, 99, 2000, 2009. He has seven pennants. We're not comparing him because he's as decorated as Derek Jeter was as a Yankee. We're comparing him on, on the other side, off-the-field things level-headed, always says the right thing, always puts himself second, always puts the team first. So we can say confidently Judge would never Because you got to think about it like point. this. Aaron Judge is entering his second full season in the major leagues where he was a runner-up to the MVP. He was a rookie of the year. On the field, he's making $500,000 a year. But oh, Right. I, I know what you're going to say, and I was just thinking it. Go ahead. He's him and Bryce Harper are going to be the major league face for Under Armour. They're going to be the two top spokesmen for major league for Under Armour. Aaron Judge just signed a deal with Pepsi, okay? Not not Joe's Cola, Pepsi Cola to be the fa- their major league baseball uh brand ambassador. And he's on the cover of the only major league baseball video game produced every year, okay? One major league baseball 
game comes out every year. MLB The Show is the only one. And Aaron Judge is on the cover of that. Yep. So the man's – he. you don't think that's enough for Aaron Judge? I'm sure he's going to want to get his $30 million a year. But I just think that me personally and the, just seeing what I see from him – I think that he's already in his own mind. He probably thinks he's making too much money right now. Right. So he's got three. He MLB the show Under Armour and Pepsi in his second full year. He's not even played two years in the major league. Baseball's a little different where these guys get paid so heavily that you don't hear much about the endorsements. But like, take a guy like Tiger Woods, right? The money he made still makes golfing. Is Tiger laugh- Woods is rich because of Nike, not right. because so, of what so he the money he makes golf golfing course. is laughable to him. You think he has billions of dollars because of golf? No. If Michael Jordan never came up with his shoe, he'd probably be <laughs> in a poorhouse right now. Right. So, like a lot of these other sports, you're not hearing about these multi-million dollar, ten-year contracts, hundred million dollar contracts, and so on and so forth. And these guys really make more money off the field than they do on the field or the court or whatever. Baseball's a little different. You don't hear much about endorsements. So you sit here and you take Aaron Judge and you say, yeah, he makes 500000 a year. That's not true. You just, you're not thinking about the endorsement money. He's going to make a lot of it. And he's going to be very well off. And even Gary Sanchez has got a, a parallel deal with, a, I think it's the 500 level or... Um... Uh, if it's not them, it's somebody else. I have one of his shirts. These so. guys are fine. So he's got his own apparel deal. I can see Greg Bird being a problem. <laughs> Stop. I can see Greg Bird being a problem. The guy who did everything to prove everybody wrong just to come back and contribute. Yeah, he might have a problem. I don't think so. Well, what about John Carl Stan's T-Mobile deal? Don't you think that is going to, you know, think that's going to bother Didi Gregorius? <sighs> just stop. You think, you know, Didi's on Verizon with his tweets. Get to the bums. <laughs> Ready for the bums? No, I don't even want to do this. Let's anymore. listen. <laughs> let's just we'll take you through our infield right now. All right, so starting first, starting first baseman. All right, so yeah, since we have the Bronx bummer, so we haven't done it in three. Weeks. This is yeah, we haven't done it. The last two episodes we had to skip it because if we did Boone and we did uh, Stan, Stan so. so now we got time to do this. Um, We're gonna go quickly through this. Third base bums. So far, we have Carter at first, mm-hmm. Stephen Drew at second. Oh, can I just say something? I tongue-in-cheek said <laughs> after the Henley deal on Twitter. I know, that, that Stephen Drew was that available. That Stephen Drew was still available, and people freaked out. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Drew is our starting second baseman. Uh, Brandon Ryan is our starting shortstop. So it's time to field a third baseman. I'm going to run through the names quickly, then we'll break down the stats, and then we'll get get this list down to three for you guys to vote on on Tuesday. Uh, here's our list. Kelly Johnson, Kevin Euclid, <clears throat> winner. Cody Ransom, Todd Zeal, Clay Bellinger, and David Adams. We also had Morgan Ensberg on our uh, initial list on Twitter, but going through the stats, he was too insignificant to even put in the debate, so we X them out. So let's start with Kelly Johnson. All right, on the list, I'll tell you why. You want to know why? Not even regarding his stats. I'm not even looking at his stats, but he's going on the list. I'm going to give you one legitimate reason why. Do you know the reason why? I don't even know who you're talking Kelly about. Johnson. You said, let's start with Kelly Johnson. Oh, oh, sorry. Why? He was traded for Stephen Drew. <laughs> So that's it. He's a lock in. He's locked in. Don't do you disagree with that? No. Not even re, not even looking at his stats, which suck by the way. Uh twenty six two fourteen six and twenty two in his only season here. But he earned his no, spot. two nineteen. Sorry, you just couldn't read my handwriting. Oh yes. Twenty two RBI, six home runs, two nineteen batting average, and he We're had- gonna squabble over three points when he hit under two twenty? No. But his biggest, the biggest reason why he belongs to be voted on is because he was, and when you do the vote, I want you to put that there. Trade it for Stephen Drew. I will. Don't even list his stats. I don't care. I might not. Trade it for Stephen Drew. (laughs) Kevin Euclid. Yes. Awful. Who not only was a true bum, but he was a guy who was expected to do a lot more. The guy batted close to 300 in his nine years in Boston. 
No, I don't think so. He owns his own brewery now, no, by he, the way. You said he only had 105 at-bats. What did he do? Did he break his leg or something? He got hurt, and then that was it. You never heard of him again. So he had 105 at-bats, two home runs, eight RBIs. Didn't you feel dirty, though, when Kevin Euclid was a Yankee, though? Like, it was just wrong. Yeah, yeah. Because you were rooting so- for him to do well because no. he was... He was so dominant no, against No, but us. you hated him so much. Yeah, he was a scummy player. He was I a sc- yeah, he was he was And a- then he sucked. He just came here and sucked. He also had a 219 batting average with the Yankees, by the way. Remember when Jabba tried to kill him like eight times? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Cody Ransom. 100- what do you think? Can I just what do you think that conversation was like when they met each other in the locker room for the first time as teammates? Uh Hey, you're going to hate this organization because they ruined your career. <laughs> Maybe we'll have that both in common. Cody Ransom, two years with Sorry the team. Sorry I tried to kill you three times. <laughs> Cody Ransom, two years with the team. Uh, 122 at-bats, 18 RBI, and a 230 batting average, which looks like a 350 batting average compared to a 219. Uh, Cody Ransom, can I? what I remember about Cody Ransom is that he looked like he could hit the ball. He had a good body. He looked like he had a good build. He looked like he had, he had some power behind him. And he would swing, like a take a good cut at something, and he couldn't even get it out of the infield. I just, I just like I just remember that about him. Like he took this. I remember this one game. I forget who they were playing. It was at home, and he took this big swing. And you thought and it was a, it was a key point in the game, and it was a couple runners on. Um, and he took this big swing, and it looked like he got into it, and he broke his bat, and it was just a pop up at third base. <laughs> I don't remember any. He of that. filled in for A Rod. He was A Rod's replacement in two thousand nine until he came back from the hip surgery. I do remember that. All right, next up, Todd Zeal. Do you remember much of Todd Zeal? He was on. He was. He's a world champ, Todd Zeal. Right? Was he on the two thousand team? I don't know. Look it up while I go through his stats. He was here one year, hundred eighty six at bats. Six home runs, 23 RBI, 210 batting average. Pretty poor. Um, but out of all the guys I listed just now, he had the most RBIs. So, And not the most at-bats. So Kelly Johnson's still more of a bum. Here's one that I think has to go on the list. I was shocked. Oh, no, he was here in 2003. He was... That's why I remember him because he was on the 2000 Mets. I remember oh, him from that gotcha. World Series. Yeah. Clay Bellinger for three years. Yes, he was a utility guy. We get it. But he had 310 at-bats, 12 home runs, 35 RBI, and he batted 194. 194. In 310 at-bats, this guy batted 194. I don't know. Was Todd Zeal a starting third baseman before they went out and got Aaron Boone in 2003? Yeah, I think so. No, Robin Ventura was. Baseball references listing him and Todd Zeal as a backup, I guess. And then they got uh, Boone because Zeal was such a bum. He could even sustain as a backup. Let's look at Robin Ventura. I didn't put him on there. I didn't want to put him on there. Nine home runs, 42 RBIs in 2003, batted 251. There you go. Not a bum compared to these guys. Yeah. All right, and David Adams, who I don't remember a lick. No, I got to look that up because I, honestly, like, who's, one, it, who's one that year. other guy that I said I don't remember? And you you said that because I, I always remember something about everybody, but I don't remember him. Uh, that was Andy Phillips. David Adams made his major league debut with the Yanks in 2013. One year, 140 at-bats. That's a significant amount of at-bats for us not to remember this guy. 140 at-bats, two home runs, 13 RBI, and a 193 batting average. His only major, Apparently, his only major league time was with the Yankees. Yeah. I but I remember that. him. He's wearing a Blue Jays cap in his baseball reference picture. I remember him being with the Jays, though. I do remember that. So I would just leave him off this list because no one even knows who the hell he is. Um, my top three are going to be Kelly Johnson, yes, Kevin Euclid, also, and Clay Bellinger. Well, you could probably talk me off the ledge of Bellinger because he was a utility guy, and you might be able to talk me into Todd Zeal with that two ten batting average. 
and almost 200 at-bats. What do you think? Uh, can we at least agree? Johnson and Euclid are locks. All right. So let's. we just got to debate the third guy. All right. You, you want to do this? Let's do this. Christian's getting up right now, and he's getting a coin. All right. Honestly, because I honestly I think that it's going to be a runaway with either. I honestly it's going to be Euclid. I think Euclid is going to run away but with it. And throwing I think, in that Stephen Drew stat could make it a little. So I don't really think it matters. And to me, honestly, I don't. I don't care either way. Like I don't really care who the third person is because I don't think our fans are going to care who the third person is. So let's go heads or tails right here. Who do you want to debate, Zeal or Bellinger? All right. Or Ransom. Who are the two guys? You pick them. No, Zeal and Bellinger. All right, so. Heads is Bellinger. Heads is Bellinger. Tails is Zeal. Ready? Deal. Coin's going up. It's Tails. Zeal. Todd Zeal. All right. All right. I forgot who we picked. (laughs) Todd Zeal. Did we say? Yeah. Bellinger was Heads and Zeal? Yes. Okay. So it came out Tails. It's Todd Zeal. Okay. So Zeal, Euclid, and Johnson. That's who you guys get to vote on on Tuesday, which would be the 19th, to be our starting third baseman. Oh, boy. Euclid is going to run away with he this. He is, but I think once there's we throw so, in that— There's I so think, much hatred. I, I think Kelly Johnson's going to make a run for it, though, once we throw in I'm that. I'm going to do it. I'm going to list Johnson's stats, and at the bottom with an asterisk, I'm going to put, uh, like, please, please note— Kelly Johnson was traded for Stephen Drew. That needs to be taken into account. I just don't think you even need to list the stats. I didn't even care to look at him. I told you the reason why he's going on the right. list for me. All right. Just so, put in right. parentheses, traded okay. for Stephen Drew. Okay. Just have some fun with this. Bro. All right. Okay. I'll do it for you. All right. All right. So we're done today, right? That's it. All right. Um, wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. Um... Thanks again for listening. This was episode 21. This is... Um, Officially legal to drink. Yes, our, our, podcast. Our, podcast can, our podcast can get a buzz tonight. <laughs> uh, Let's go get some cranberry ginger ale and Jack Daniels. Things are going to be light for the next two weeks. We normally release our show on, on a Monday. Um, and the next two weeks we have Christmas and then New Year's. We will be recording a special Christmas episode, so please be on the right. lookout for that. You don't have to listen to it on Christmas if you're spending time with your family, but if you celebrate Christmas at all, <laughs> yes, which not um, everyone does. I'm. I don't mean to be offensive. I don't know where we are in Hanukkah. By the time you listen to it, it may already be over. But I do want to wish our Jewish friends a very happy Hanukkah. Hope you celebrate. You had a very good time with your family. Uh, the uh, festival. How lights. about this? Anyone who celebrates anything right now, enjoy it. Just enjoy time with your family. Don't have a happy. Don't be a jerk. Don't you know? Settle. Don't be. Don't set off a bomb in the subway. You know, just be be a decent human being. At least, at least for the next couple weeks. Can can we just get that out of everybody? Can we just everyone be a good human? being? Just chill the hell out, everyone. Please, it's not that bad. It really isn't. Creed two is going to start filming. I mean, for you nerds, Star Wars came out a couple days ago. <laughs> it's not that bad. The Yankees got John Carl Stanton. We're we're good, man. CC's coming back, so it's all good. It's all good. Please follow us on Twitter at NYY Sports Talk. Follow this idiot at Chris underscore notch. Chris Junior underscore NYYST. Follow me at Christian underscore NYYST. Go to the website nyysportstalk.com slash podcast. You, you'd be able to find us there. Any way you could possibly think of listening to this podcast, it's all listed for you so easily and conveniently right there. Just pick your favorite platform and subscribe. Also, we got swag some up. swag, swag up. up. Uh, it's not going to get here in time for the holidays unless you want to drive to our manufacturer's house and force them to make it for you. But, um, Cool new gear for the new year. We're coming out with some new things. Or uh, I feel sorry for the baseball t-shirts flying off the shelves. And they're Chase for 28. Too. Chase for 28. We got some uh, Murderer's Row 2.0 gear coming out also. Although the Yes Network, they, since they don't want to get sued by yeah. us, the uh, the modern day Murderer's Row is what they're calling it on their on their promos. So yeah. 
I guess we can't actually sue them for that. I guess not. All right. So, again, thank you for listening. Um, Is that it? That's it. All right. Chris, say goodbye. Peace!